welcome to Let's Go Live with Jack Kelly. And today, I got kind of a serious topic, but don't worry, I have some answers. So it's going to be all good at the end. And this will be kind of short, 15, 20 minutes. I want to give you some insights. I wrote this piece uh, about a, a week ago that really resonated with a lot of people. And it's talking about how families could easily fall into this doom loop. And what I'm saying, this is I'm not trying to be negative or whatever, but I feel part of the value I add by doing these LinkedIn Lives is just to give insights to what's happening out there, what's going on in the market in, in a very real, transparent way. Unfiltered, no politics, no agenda, just, hey, this is what's happening. And so you can navigate your career, your job, and have as much information as possible to succeed. And so to take a step back, you know, saying like a doom loop comes across, I, I admit it, comes across like a little scary, you know, doom, gloom. What is that? FUD, fear, uncertainty, doom um, acronym. But it's real because what's happening now is we're, we're, we're dealing with a lot of rough stuff here in the U.S. We have high inflation, which is causing costs to soar. Interest rates are super high. So that means for the average family, everything's more expensive. When you go shopping, you go to the supermarket, you want to buy something, you want to travel, you go out to eat, and the costs just seem to keep rising. Then on top of that, we have to worry about what's going to happen in the Middle East. Um, I, I try not to delve too deep in, into it all the time because it just could kind of get you all like worried and anxious. But it does seem that there's the chance of this escalating and dragging in other countries. We also still have every, you know, that war going on in Ukraine. And there's still talk about a recession here in the U.S., so these and other things, it's like a toxic mix of stuff. And what the data shows, which is really interesting, despite all the challenges that we're dealing with, people are actually going out and spending a lot. You, know, you would think with all these worries, with all these concerns, people get to tighten their belt. They're not going to spend. They're going to just stay home and try to save money. But the, the numbers show it's just the opposite. And, and it kind of makes sense because we've been you know locked down for two plus years. Really, most people didn't have a chance to travel, go see family, go on vacations, go out to eat, go to sporting events, go to concerts. And it's, it's making up for lost time. So people going out there to see uh, Taylor Swift shows, they're going to see, you know, concerts, they're going to fly wherever, kind of revenge travel, they call it, and spending money. The, the, one of the problems, however, is that they're spending money they really don't have, so that people are go maxing out their credit cards, um, they're dipping into their retirement funds, and that's a little frightening because most Americans don't even have enough money to last three months or four months with an emergency fund. So it's a very tenuous thing. And I can understand it. Why people want to live their lives, particularly coming out of the pandemic, they realize 
life is so fragile, it's so short, and anything could happen that you, you want to enjoy yourself. And that makes sense. But at the same time, you don't want to spend so much that if you lose your job or you can't find another job, that you're really in financial dire straits. And Chris, I know you have, you know, you know, a lot of you know data points about it. So I'm kind of giving the big picture. But are there some things that you feel like you could share just to give it some, you know, some some weight in terms of what I'm talking about? Not just theory, but what's you know, Definitely. what the numbers show. Yeah, I have some pretty concerning numbers that paint the picture exactly as how you're saying it. Inflation is definitely the primary financial concern for Americans as they feel the cost of living is outpacing their income. Um, according to a CNBC Your Money survey, 75% of Americans are stressed out about their personal finances. 61% of Americans feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck. 70% of working adults say they need an annual salary of 150K to feel secure. 40% um, of Americans, which this is pretty dire to me, um, they struggle to afford basic necessities as rising costs outpace their incomes. Nearly one in three Americans have emergency savings, but not enough to cover three months of expenses. And 22% of U.S. adults have zero emergency savings. The credit card debt has topped $1 trillion in the United States. And then, you know, student loans started back up. And the average student loan debt is more than $37,000. And the national average debt for credit cards is over $5,000. So that's kind of kind of backing up what you're saying. It's, yeah. it's definitely concerning. Yeah, it's a little frightening. And the thing is, you would think with all these dire numbers, it would be on you know, the news 24 seven, right? You would think like, hey, mm -hmm. this is what's happening. People have to be prepared, but it's not. And this, you know, trust me, I don't love coming here and Christine, you know, talking about these numbers that aren't great. We would rather say something different, like, hey, everything is wonderful. Jobs are plentiful. You know, inflation has been whipped and costs are going down, but they're not. So I feel it, it, it's incumbent upon, you know, so, you know, some, you know, some people like myself and Christine to share, share, Hey guys, this is what's going on here. You don't want to be really cautious and careful the way, you know, you're living your life and spending. So you don't get yourself into trouble. So what I would suggest, you know, we're thinking, you know, so we have this situation, right? So everything that Christine mentioned really challenges, but it doesn't mean that you have to fall into this trap. You don't have to fall into this doom loop. You don't have to worry about if I lose my job, oh my gosh, it's all over. I'm done. What? I'm, I'm, I don't have enough money. What am I going to do next? And that's a really you know, frightening prospect. So what I would suggest is a couple of things, no particular order. One, if you, if you, if you currently are working, you want to go all in. Stay away from these bare minimum Monday stuff, you know, act your wage stuff, the quiet quitting, even if you don't like your job, even if you don't like your boss, for now, and just trust me on this, for now, play the game. Go, if, if they make you go back into the office, don't be kicking and screaming and doing and just uh, we talked about these other coffee, you know, badging and just like going through the motions and, you know, trying to, you know, 
show up the boss and like, hey, I'm just going to come in and I'm not going to really do anything and go back home. That's not going to help your cause. What you want to do when times are challenging and times are tough, you want to make sure, number one, that you have a safe job and you're that go-to irreplaceable person on the team because that could help you get through some rough waters. Think about it. If you were a hiring manager, if you were a supervisor and it's time for layoffs, and unfortunately, we're starting to see the layoffs come again. In you know, late 2022, throughout the beginning of 2023, there was like, if you remember, each day you would see 5,000 at here at Meta, 10,000, and I'm making up these numbers, you know, 10,000 at Google, you know, X thousand at this company, and just kept the onslaught every day. Then it started petering out. But the last few days, I've been checking out LinkedIn news where they would give who is being laid off. And Forbes has this too, like a ticker, who's getting laid off and just a lot. And it's still coming. And it, it's, if you graphed it, you know, you'd see the numbers, the layoffs going up and then it's just down. Now you started to see it kind of come up again. So you want to make sure that you're in tight with, with your company, with your boss, um, and this doesn't mean like you got to suck up to the boss and be that kind of person. You don't have to do that. But you really want to do is exceed expectations. If, if you have a goal, you don't want to just shirk it. You don't want to just drag your feet. You want to kill it. You want to do as best as possible. You want to make it happen. And, and, and the idea is you're doing this not for the boss, not for the company, but for yourself, for your safety, for your long-term viability. Because think of it as a life raft by you being in this place and you're irreplaceable. You're the go-to person. People like you. And then here's another thing too. If even, if, and, and you're going to kind of laugh and think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Even, even if you're not great at your job, but you're a super nice person and you have a good sense of humor and you're gregarious and you're empathetic, that goes a long way too. Because no one wants to lay off that person who's like, oh, you know, Jane or John, they're just so nice. And look what they did for me here. And, you know, my you know, parents were sick and they came over and helped out. You, that helps a lot. We don't talk about this because it's always like, do you have the skills? Do you have the expertise, the background? A lot of times success in the corporate world is the likability factor. You have a little charisma, likability, you're good at schmoozing, but not a negative schmoozing, good like where people enjoy being in your company. So twofold, go into work, even if you don't have to go into work, even if they're not forcing you to go, go into the office, make yourself known, be that go-to person, consult with your boss to find out what he or she needs to do, and then also ask him or her, how can I help you? How can I help you succeed? How can I help this unit, this division succeed? And let me know, and I'm happy to help. I know as a manager, as a boss, you have a lot on your shoulders, a lot going on, a lot of pressure. I get it. And I just want to do whatever I can to help you. Now, once again, I'm not saying you do this in a sucking up way. You're doing this in a way to save your butt 
It's all about you. Yes, you want to help the person. Yes, you want to do well for the company. Yes, all that kind of stuff. But when you're in difficult times, dire straits, you got to look after yourself. So one of the best ways to look after yourself, if you currently have a job, don't F it up. Don't, don't get caught up in the TikTok memes and all these like, you know, quiet quitting stuff. No, you're in the office, you're working hard, you're doing it, you're killing it, and you're saving yourself. And then once again, even if you don't have all the skills, whatever, be that person who everyone really enjoys being around, who likes you, who, 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 who looks forward to seeing you, because then it's going to be so much harder for a manager to let that person go. And also, even if the manager wanted to let that person go, there'd be a revolt because how can you let go, Susan? She's amazing. She's the nicest person in the world. How dare you? And they'll know that. So they're going to not go after that person. All right. So that's one piece, right? Taking care of yourself. Simultaneously, you want to keep your eyes open for other opportunities. You don't want to be blatant. You don't want to be letting everybody know. You want to have this stealth program of keeping an eye out, going on informational interviews, selectively sending out your resume to companies. Find out people you know who work at the companies you want to work for and just be you know, direct with them and say, hey, Christine, I know you're working at you know, you know, Morgan Stanley. I'd love to work there. Can you help get my resume in front of the right person? Can you get in front of the HR person? And not only that, could you give a full-throated recommendation saying, hey, Susan is fantastic. She's amazing. She's wonderful. She worked for me a number of years. I give her A plus, plus, plus. Fantastic. Because when people are looking to hire, they get now because tough market, you'll get, and you've all seen this, let's say on LinkedIn and other sites, they'll show you how many people applied. And it's just mind blowing 200, 300, 400, 500, 1000 people. So when a hiring manager, an interviewer, talent acquisition person looks at this you know, stack of resumes, not literally the stack, but within the ATS systems and such, it's overwhelming. But if you have a person who knows someone who could cut in line and say, hey, take a look at Susan, she's amazing. They're going to be happy to because they don't have to sort through 500 resumes and not sure who they are. And, they, and then it's much easier to say, you know what? I trust the person who's recommending her. Let's bring her in. So you, that's kind of doing that shortcut. That's, 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 that's kind of a way to cut a line and get noticed. Um, you also want to find good recruiters who specialize in your space, who understand what's happening. They have contacts with hiring managers, with HR, with different business leaders, so that they may have a job now, or they may have a job later, but now you're on, you know, you're, you're, you're on their radar. Punch up your LinkedIn profile, punch up your resume, take a look at your social media footprint. Right now, we're having this, and I try to avoid politics with this because to me, I'm not interested in arguing with people all day long. That's not my thing. But from a vast majority of people, no matter what it is, whatever topic, people kind of you know dig deep and like, I'm on this side, you're on this side, and all we're going to do is fight with each other and argue. 
you don't want to do that. You don't want to get involved with all this, you know, yo, you're wrong, you're this, because that's not going to help you. So cut out, cut out all the time you're spending on social media. And I'm not saying you shouldn't care about things and you shouldn't support things that you believe in. But at this particular time, you can't make that your be all and end all. Plus, you may feel you're 100% right. And this is not just about what's happening with Israel and Hamas conflict or the Ukraine, but anything that pops up, like any issue. If you notice, there's always an issue. And as soon as one fades, another one comes up. To, to And I think it's just the government pitting us all against each other because it's like divide and conquer. So we're just always fighting with each other and we don't kind of galvanize together to make things better. So on social media, you want to make sure you want to clean up your, your, your social media footprint. What do I mean clean up? You don't want to have anything that looks at somebody, if you're interviewing, or even if you're current firm, they say, huh, what did Jack post? Oh my God, he said this. Oh, this is terrible. I'm going to send it to you know the CEO and blah, blah, blah. Who needs that? Now, I know you might say, wait, it's my right to post whatever. It, 100%, I agree with you. But my job here is to... to to, to give you these insights. You could, you could, you know, think it's good or not. That's cool. I don't mind. You know, you have to do what's best for yourself. I I just want to give some advice that I've seen over 25 years of recruiting of what works, how people get hired, how they don't get hired, how they get, you know, ghosted, you know, because what happens behind the scenes. So if you post something that maybe the hiring manager completely, utterly disagrees with, they're not going to bring you in for an interview and they're not going to tell you why. And you're going to wonder like what the heck just happened. So clean up your social media site. There's something called, you have to defer gratification. What ends up happening, I've seen this a lot. And this is so crazy with recruiting is that if a person makes a dollar, they spend $2 because they think it's never going to end. I can't tell you how many candidates will come to me looking for a job. And then they'll, I'll ask them, Hey, what are you looking for? They'll give their number, but let's just make them a number. It's like 200, 250. And, you know, they're not, let's say, but this happens quite often. They'll say, well, you know, they're not going to pay 250. Would you be able to take 210 or 215? And the person will say, no. I'm like, it's just, why not? I mean, you like the job, you like the company, you know, they like you. Why not? And then after a little back and forth, usually they'll say, Jack, my nut is about 250. And when you say nut, that's kind of a, a, a idiom for like how much you're spending on a monthly basis and on an annual basis. So what, is, what happens to a lot of these people, it's feature creep in terms of their, their compensation and, and their funds. So as they make more money, and get more promotions, they spend more. So now you get a bigger house, you get a nice little McMansion, you get a Porsche, you get you keep upgrading and upgrading. Now you're gonna get a nanny. Now you're gonna send your kids to these private schools. And I'm not saying it's wrong to do that, or you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, be careful. Because in good times, when jobs are plentiful, the economy is booming, everything is working, it's low inflation, low interest rates, things are good. That's different. You can, you, there's room to make a mistake, there's room for something to go wrong and everything is okay. But if it's tough, 
difficult times, like we're going through now, uncertain times, challenging times, it's not, it's not as easy. If things go wrong, it might, and you fall off the corporate ladder, it may be really hard to get back. So you want to defer, defer gratification by not spending too much, overspending. You don't want to be locked in where I can only take this job for X amount of money because if I don't, I, I don't have the money to go, you know, to pay, you know, the nanny to pay, you know, all the other extras, you know. Uh, and it's not easy to do because you don't like, people don't like cutting back. I can't blame them. But again, my job in part is to kind of say the things that, you know, you don't want to hear, but you kind of know you want to hear because you kind of figure maybe I have to be more cautious so that I'm not stuck. So now if you need that certain amount of money to get that job and those jobs aren't available and you can't go down because you're afraid you can start hemorrhaging money, then that's, you're putting yourself in a really bad bind. You're putting yourself in a really tough situation. So instead, I would suggest save as much money as possible. Instead of spending as much, save as much. Make sure you're funding your kids' college, you know, re, you know, retirement funds, your 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 tuition funds, rather, your your retirement funds. Make sure that you have emergency monies in case that something goes wrong, in case there's a medical emergency. You don't want to get caught flat-footed. So it's going to be this mindset of, hey, just picture this. If I could could make draw it all together. We're in these challenging times, and I don't want to over-dramatize it because let's say for the last 20 years, I've noticed there's constantly booms and busts. You know, dot-com boom, dot-com bust. Real estate does phenomenal, then it's a financial crisis. And then you have all sorts of little things in between with the ups and downs. Then you have the you know pan, uh, pandemic, everything is horrible. Then all of a sudden it shoots up, then it goes back down again. So we go through these things. So nothing goes on forever, but it's you have to navigate the particular time you're in. So there, during this particular time, it's being deferring gratification, saving your money, don't overspend, keep your job, be safe in your job, do whatever it takes to you know to hold on to it. Simultaneously, look for other roles, tap into your network, find people who you know who could put in a good word to get your resume to the right person. And, and these are the things that every day hit those. Those are your objectives. Just like you shower, you brush your teeth, every you get dressed every day, same thing. Kill, you're killing it at work as best you can. So they keep you looking for another job. So God forbid something happens, you're not starting from scratch and you have a bunch of leads and you have a bunch of prospects and maybe even kind of a couple of offers lined up. In terms of money, tighten the belt a little bit for the short term. So this way you don't have to be pressured because it's harder to do all the things I mentioned if you're worried about every dollar. If you're worried about every dollar, it's hard to focus on your job. It's hard to focus on looking for a new job because you're just so worried and stressed out and anxiety ridden. So that's another reason why I'm saying that. Chris, anything else I missed that you could add to it? I would say maybe diversify your income streams, have passive income coming mm. in, pick up a side hustle, especially with all of these apps 
I think it's very easy to pick up a side hustle if need be. And it's like, now that's so much. And I would put this also under the heading of put your ego aside. So let's say you're in between roles. What happens a lot for white collar professionals who are doing really well, if, if they lose their job, um, they're embarrassed to take like a lower end job or, or what some, some people call like a bridge job. I think I first heard it with Hannah Morgan talking about bridge jobs. I never really heard, knew that term before where I, I'm a tributary, but maybe someone else too. I don't mean to not give credit, um, which means that you kind of, my understanding is that as Chris was talking about, you want to do something, but maybe the job is really super beneath where you were and uncomfortably awkwardly on beneath, you know, beneath where you are, but you need to do something. You need to have some income coming in. So you take what it is. For instance, right now we're going into the holiday seasons. And you've probably already seen places like Amazon and UPS or FedEx, wherever they hire and, and all the retailers hiring tons of people because they you know, this is where all the action is. Yes, maybe awkward if you're working at like a a blue collar job and you always pride yourself as this white collar college educated professional. Well, you know, you got to do what you have to do. So you suck it up just to get the funds coming in. And then there's so many other gigs, whether it's driving for Uber, Lyft, you know, Instacart, again, you might say, Oh, I don't want to do it. Depends on your situation. But if you have to get a few dollars, get it in or find something that is more kind of white collary. Um, in addition to gig, I would say to diversify your income streams so that, you know, maybe instead of chasing after crypto, even though Bitcoin now is, is running high, uh, maybe you've just get kind of boring dividend paying stocks through an ETF. So, or buy the S and P index. So it's not glamorous. It's not sexy, but you know, it's going to be kind of relatively stable. You're not betting on something that could just, just go to zero. So these are the things you want to start thinking. So the gigs, bridge jobs, Christine, any, any other type of jobs you think would in the interim, especially during the holiday season, that might make sense? I mean, there is always like the seasonal hiring, but I think yeah. it's also important to touch upon because we did see that multiple people were withdrawing like from their 401ks. Would you be able to elaborate on why that's a bad idea for people? Yeah. So, so what's happening is, Twofold. Credit card debt, as Christy mentioned before, it's like trillion dollars credit credit card debt. That's huge. That's I think that's record level, crazy record level. And when you don't pay it back on time, um, I, I don't know the audience. Do you pay it back all the time or not? The interest rates are like mafioso interest rate. They're they're insane. They're so high that it almost becomes impossible to pay it back because it keeps growing. So now you're further you know, in the whole. Similarly, if you have a 401k or retirement plan and you dip into it, oftentimes, most all the times, there are penalties attached to it. Because the idea is you get like tax deferred if you're in these retirement vehicles, which is, that's why people put it in there because then you could grow it and let it grow without it being taxed until a later date, like 72, you're 72 years old or something like that. And I'm completely generalizing. So don't take this as tax advice or financial advice. So this is just generalized. 
So if you tap into your retirement, your 401k, your IRA, you'll, you'll most likely get big penalties, and then you might get tax consequences as well. So now with the credit card debt and the, and, and the penalties and taxes, it hits hard. So now that hits into your nest debt. So yeah, those are kind of things try to avoid having to deal with. And if you're not sure, seek out a financial advisor, or if you know somebody who really understands these things, you know, don't just trust me. I'm a dopey recruiter guy, you know, and writer, but <laughs> find someone who's like an expert. I'm just giving you the big picture. You know, you know, find people who really know and understand how it works. So to, to, to wrap it up, and I, as I mentioned at the beginning, I want to do this as kind of a really tight, you know, condensed short piece. But of course, it kind of always runs a little longer than I anticipate because I talk too much. But anyway, keep in mind, for now, for the time being, things are going to be dicey. Uh, not doom, gloom, world coming to the end, but it's one of these kind of time periods where there's a little concern how things are going to play out. And I think it's reasonable that when we're in these type of positions, you want to be smart. You don't want to put your head in the sand and pretend everything's okay. So you focus on your job, focus on keeping an eye out for another job, cultivating your network to get leads and ideas, give, give some thought to a gig role, a bridge role, something so you keep the funds coming in. Be careful with your investments. Be careful of how much you spend and, and just be smart about it. And this way you get through it. And then hopefully, just like we've seen time in Memorial, ups, downs, ups, downs, eventually turn around. So hang in there. If, if you have any questions, if you'd like some advice, I'd be glad to introduce you to recruiters who specialize in your area, career coaches, resume writers who specialize in your area, or even you know wealth managers, what have you. Because I, I view this, what we're doing with LinkedIn is a very interactive, helping people, not just giving advice, but giving actionable advice so they could do something with it. And then also introduce you to people who could help you. So um, I hope this helps for a lot of people who are going through things like this and they feel like, Oh my gosh, Jack, you're talking to me. Yes, this is what I'm dealing with. I don't know what to do. So I'm hoping for those people, they, they feel a little bit of comfort. You're not alone, that this is happening across the board. This is happening with millions of Americans. And this is happening to people across, it's not just the US, it's, it's all over the world, everything going through this. So hunker down, be confident in yourself, keep moving forward, and you're going to succeed. The key is don't give up and just, just keep going, keep trying, keep plugging along, and eventually everything is going to go your way. So thank you so much for watching. I, I hope this is helpful and informative. Uh, if you have any ideas for future topics, feel free to hit me up. And uh, I really appreciate your support. And thank you so much for watching. And have a great day, everyone.